It's DTS 147, the invites have been sent out. The gameplay reveal is right around the corner. It's gonna be quite the event. All that and more coming up. Listening to Gary the Show. What's good, everybody, and welcome to Destiny the Show, the Destiny News Podcast. Keep you the guardian ahead of the curve in the world of Destiny. I am BBK Dragoon, joined as always by my awesome co-host Diddy, who had a great time doing the Daybreak modified Nightfall this week. What up, dude? Oh man. I'm doing fantastic. You are right. That last week's Nightfall was so much fun to do. Solar damage or solar burn, shank boss. Oh my goodness, Daybreak. It was so good. Ran Nighthawk, Gunslinger, and melted the boss almost immediately. Uh, One of my fire team members got uh, one shot by the boss immediately as he spawned, so that was really hilarious. And uh, we killed the boss before he respawned, or we were able to revive him, so... That was that was really funny, um, and I just wanted to do another shout out to uh, my co-host BBK Dragoon for nailing the intro first try again. Thank you. I'm putting it together. That's right. Oof, I'm man. setting You're, it up. It's like you've done this for a while. You know, I'm just I'm thinking about it all week <laughs> long, dude. I'm literally sitting there at work. I'm on my lunch break, and I'm just how can I say two sentences without choking? It's hard. <laughs> I mean, trust me. It's a really tough time. Today's show, not a whole lot of news. We're in that in-between time again, where the gameplay reveal on May 18th is just what's looming in the distance and no news in the in-between. However, a bunch of invites went out to members of the press and large community content creators uh, this last week. The Destiny 2 Gameplay World premiere event is going down at 10 a.m. on May 18th which is pretty stinking cool. Uh, the doors are opening at 9.15 a.m. I can't remember. It's some convention center, I think, in L.A. I actually was looking up the invite yes. from a couple of the people who went out there. So we're going to talk about that today, and we're going to talk about some expectations, ideas for abilities, and continue with our weekly series, Favorite Moments of Destiny 1. So why don't we just jump right into the news, Diddy? News! As we mentioned earlier, the Destiny 2 Gameplay World premieres May 18th, and it's going to be live-streamed on twitch.tv slash Bungie. However, it's going down in Hawthorne, California, at the Jet Center, Los Angeles. And they invited a bunch, they being Bungie, invited a lot of community content creators and members of the press to come out, see it in person, but it gets even better, Diddy, because what's going to be there available on the show floor? Destiny 2. Playable. Recordable. Mm -hmm. We think recordable. We're not positive if they're going to give or allow the content creators to record. But the PS4 and the PC PC version of the game will be on display. (laughs) How sick is that, man? That's awesome. I I can't wait to see some of the content creators that only play with a controller who've never played a PC game in their life. Try PC Destiny because depending on, of course, how Destiny 2 plays, which we'll talk about a little bit later on, could be totally different. And a whole new experience for them because I remember my first time switching from console to PC. It was just, I'm off. I'm still awful at PC shooters because I just, I, I can't do it very well as I can with the controller because I'm just used to the controller. So I've been trying to get used to it. So it'll be fun to see uh, those guys give it a shot for the first time. 
I was super lucky when I was a kid, you know, like you had those computers you would buy from like Sam's Club and whatever, like your parents would buy them for like emails and work type stuff. So I got this hand-me-down computer that I could keep in my room when I was a kid. I remember playing Half-Life and then Unreal Tournament 2003. So I love PC shooting, man. Now, three things I think to be very excited about this. Number one, we were worried that they were going to do the gameplay reveal at their Bungie Studios and it was going to be kind of lackluster energy and maybe lackluster production quality as some of the previous streams sometimes have had, right? That's not the yes. case. They're doing it right. They've rented out of space. They're obviously going to have a professional crew putting this thing together. Second thing to be very excited about, which we didn't think was going to be the case, they're going to have the game playable there. They say hands-on time uh, with Destiny 2 immediately after the conclusion of the live stream, speaking about the people, the media, and the community members who were invited. That really bodes well because they have a build that they're confident enough with that they're going to let the press and the community members going to the event have time with. And the third thing that is very exciting, they're bringing the PC version to this event playable, which that, to me is very exciting now maybe it's not playable they do say the ps4 and ps versions of the game will be on display at the event so maybe the pc version is only going to be shown during the live stream but those three things we didn't expect did we diddy no no we didn't we did not see uh, destiny 2 playable that is that is a shock because it kind of tells us that the the beta is probably going to be a little sooner than we thought maybe not right then because that's a thursday um but soon, right? Maybe like the week after that, like that next Tuesday, that next reset, because PC, they don't have an ability to pre-order it yet because they don't know exactly which uh, distributor is going to be giving that Destiny 2 PC version out. So it's uh, it's it's really good. It's really, really good that they're doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, like you said, beta expectations, I believe probably a lot sooner. Maybe right after E3, so mid-June, I think we could have the beta going out to people. However, I don't think it's going to be like the week after this reveal because people who are trying to get it on PC, if you pre-order or try to pre-order the digital PC version, you'll see they still don't have a retailer yet, meaning they haven't officially announced if it's going to be Steam carrying the game, if it's going to be the Windows Store, which it, pre- it won't be. Please don't let it be. Please, <laughs> please don't let it be the Windows Store. But yeah, very excited about this event. Both Diddy and I will be hanging at home. We did not receive an invite. That's okay. We'd love well, you guys. Well, work, I guess. Well, yeah, we will. Because it's a Thursday, right? Isn't the 18th a Thursday? It is, yeah. Okay. Well, to those going, we're jealous. But at the same time, too, we're going to be able to watch on our lunch breaks in the comfort of our office, the beauty of Destiny 2. And we can't wait to talk about it and share that experience with you guys. I'm sure we're going to have a chat room going in the Discord for Destiny the Show, right, Diddy? Yes, absolutely. Discord.me slash Destiny the Show will probably have a Destiny 2 discussion chat channel available at that time. Yep. I want to do a quick congratulations to our friend Fuzzle, one of the Reddit moderators over at the Destiny the Game subreddit. He is now one of the community volunteers. These are the folks who are like ridiculously awesome, uh, just kind of mentors of the bungie.net forum so huge shout outs to fuzzle that guy works his butt off for both the subreddit and now he's going to be safeguarding the bungie.net forums as well diddy what are stickers for like I'm, i have an iphone but i've never even used <laughs> stickers what what are these things they're uh basically glorified emotes 
for your iMessaging system. And I believe it's only iOS at this point. So for Android users like myself or for Windows Phone users like I used to be, all two of you, um, <laughs> I can't use it yet. Uh, so <laughs> for if you have iOS, there are stickers that you can use in the messaging system for, uh, for your iPhone. And you can like do uh, a little... Commander Zavala emote or Cade 6 emote like when, we're, when you're talking to your friends or your clan mates. And I think that's pretty cool. I mean, that's uh, Destiny's getting really big now. I remember when League of Legends introduced stickers to the iMessaging system. Now we have Destiny finally. And uh, it looks good because, you know, I think that is, it's not necessary ever, I think, but it's a good indication of how popular something is across the social media. Did you see the little baby Crota hugging Oryx? I didn't, no. <laughs> it is adorable. Hey, something we didn't point out on the actual invitation box that was sent out was a black image, and you can faintly see a ghost that's fallen. This ghost is just laying on the ground, mm. and the text in red reads, Welcome to a world without light. So then, did he? We talked about this Oof. speculatively when we first saw the Destiny 2 reveal trailers. And it looks like your idea is probably likely. A lot of the community pointed out, hey, we didn't see a single ghost in that reveal trailer. Why? Hmm? Any guesses? The I don't darkness. have any. The yeah. darkness is here, right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, the ghosts, if we remember from destiny lore are they're created by the traveler right to you know seek out the guardians so that they can be protectors of the last city and the ghost and the light that the ghost contains is where we get all of our abilities so kind of makes me think that they're bungie's trying to give everybody a lore reason why they're gonna like revamp all of our character abilities well our abilities in terms of like reviving Right, the yes. warlocks have studied yeah. the arts of forever throwing nova booms and hitting walls. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's what I meant. Yeah. Thank you <laughs> for the clarification there. I got you. I know. I know the comments before they're going to jump in there. <laughs> that's basically it for this week at Bungie. To those going to the event, we wish you a safe and good time. And oh my goodness, we are less than three weeks away from seeing <laughs> Destiny Two in action. Hey, can't get here soon enough, man. I'm I'm thrilled. <laughs> this is this is the one. This is the reveal that uh, I think everybody has been waiting for because the teasers are nice, but got to see that gameplay. Got to see how Destiny Two is going to play and how how it's going to change things. So I think it's going to be good. I hope they don't just cut it off at an hour because this is this is a pretty big reveal, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And oh, May fourth in just a few days, we're going to be getting the next earnings call from Activision Blizzard. So on next week's nice. show, we should be talking about that, which I'm pretty excited for as well. Now, transitioning gears a little bit, Diddy, you want to talk about an idea somebody put forth on Reddit and in terms of shaping a conversation about expectations for Destiny 2. Kind of give me the breakdown about when we get exotics in Destiny 2, what this person's thought process was. Yeah, so this is from a Reddit user. Oh my gosh, I don't have the post up. I'm going to load it right now. But basically, he says that in Destiny 2, every time you get a new exotic, it should be introduced with a short cutscene. And that's from On Drug X. Thank you so much for that lovely uh, post because it got me thinking, right? I've seen a lot of Destiny 2. Well, first of all, I'm going to talk about the post. <laughs> 
So every time a new exotic is introduced into Destiny, that you should have a cutscene relating to the flavor text or the lore behind the weapon, uh, why that gun is exotic or that armor piece is exotic in the Destiny universe. Uh, and I, th I think that's a great idea, but of course there'd be some, you know, details like if you pick it up or it gets dropped in the middle of a raid, do you have to watch a cutscene as soon as it drops, or can you like select it when you're inspecting the weapon? I think having that option would be uh, available would be nice. But it, it got me thinking. I've seen a lot of Destiny 2, like, hey, in Destiny 2, how about this? How about we do this instead of this? And I wanted to start talking about, you know, setting our expectations for Destiny 2. We've definitely heard Bungie talk about how they want to change things, how they're improving the Destiny technology. They have that new engine team that, that is working on Destiny 2. And I also saw, I'm going to point out another post here, I forget who it was by, but another, it was about elemental damage changes. So we have solar damage, arc damage, and void damage uh, in, in Destiny, right? Your, your guns do that damage. What if the solar damage did like a damage over time, a burning effect, something like that? And I think we just need to, to hold off a little bit. We need to pump the brakes a little bit. And we want to keep speculation sort of at a minimum for Destiny 2 until the gameplay reveal on May 18th. Because we, we might not even have subclasses, right? We might not even have the same, I don't know, like the same character progression in Destiny 2. Because they're trying to shake things up, trying to make it better overall. And I think improving on things that currently exist in Destiny is good speculation for like an expansion like we did with Destiny 1 all the way through these last three years, but I don't think it's good from Destiny 1 to Destiny 2 because we just don't know what to expect yet. Bungie has emphasized in their official stuff about Destiny 2, and they haven't said a lot about it, but fresh start. That is one thing that they have talked about. And we also, if we you know look back to Jason Schreier talking about the original leaks and rumors regarding Destiny 2, a complete overhaul was the sentiment that they were talking about. So I agree fully. A lot of times when you see the post saying they should do this in Destiny 2, we're still looking at Destiny 2 from the framework and the reference of Destiny 1, thinking of how we can make Destiny 1 a better experience and make it more like Destiny 1.5 instead of Destiny 2. I really think they're taking uh, a Diablo 1 Dia to Diablo 2 type approach in which Yes, the same core functionalities and themes are there. However, the actual mechanics are way different. I really think you're going to see Destiny 2 being something radically different in a lot of ways from Destiny 1 in positive steps and still maintaining the looter shooter aspect that we all like. At least that's what I hope. Like everybody's dreaming up in their head the perfect situation where it's like the ultimate sequel. <laughs> but I think Bungie had time and enough data to go back to the drawing board with Destiny 2, Luke Smith at the helm, and say, what do we want to make? We know what our audience has expressed they like and what they don't like. Now, how do we synthesize a new experience that only a Bungie-caliber game can do type deal, right? Yep. And we've had the discussions, uh, for example, like diversifying or separating PvE and PvP balance in Destiny 2. We don't even know like what that where we could start with that with Destiny 2 because we don't even have the foundation laid out yet. So that's just uh, something that I wanted to you know, kind of get everybody to start thinking about because, you know, it, it's one thing to dream. But when you dream and have that high expectation and then it doesn't meet that expectation, it's like, OK, well, well let's rethink this. Did Bungie really let you down or did we 
maybe set the bar a little bit too high there. Or the bar in the wrong direction. Yeah. I mean, it, you could set the, the bar horizontal from the, from the different perspective from someone in Australia. It's going to be upside down. So, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's just about perspective. There. That's right. That's exactly <laughs> it. I think we hop now into community confluence. It's a section of the show where Diddy and I point out one of our favorite pieces of content made by the community this last week. I went with the easy choice Diddy at Earned Movie of the Week, but very deservedly so. Bife put out Destiny Lore Iron Lords Part 1 Radagast, an animated Destiny story cinematic, with artwork created by Chris Talak McCabe. This is about six and a half minutes. It's going to be on our website, destinytheshow.com, or you can go this week to bungie.net, check out the TWAB. Exceptionally well done. Beautiful pieces of artwork showing off the lore and some background information about Radagast. You have some voice actors from the community. You have some awesome animation going down. Yes, they are still images, but you guys kind of know like when certain planes move, like the background shifts focuses, the camera pulls in on the person, or you might have animated snow falling. This is exactly the type of stuff I want to see in-game for Destiny 2. So to see Bife putting together what is just ridiculously high-quality, professional, polished, animated lore segments is like a dream come true. He already is the lore master, <laughs> and he just jumped up the game to, like, I think the 10,000 level. And if you like his work, you can obviously support it. I think he has a Patreon directly for videos in this series. So I was just blown away, and he did a killer, killer job. Yeah, I mean, I watched this, too, when I saw that it made Movie of the Week, and I was blown away by the quality because I mean honestly you could do that for the exotic cutscene that we mentioned earlier you know in the oh, same yeah. fashion like it would just be super simple anim I say simple animation it's not <laughs> whatever I'm just gonna move past that the animation's not super simple but it's not like as complex as animating a model plus the artwork yeah. in here is whoa, exactly. like yeah, that, that's quality. what I meant yeah exactly and it's, it's just great, man. If you haven't seen it yet, watch this because it's it's fantastic. All right, Diddy. And what is your community confluence? So mine is <laughs> mine's more of a clip, but it's uh, it's very impressive. And uh, it's <laughs> it's called. Uh, hang on. Let me let me get let me get the accent ready. You guys call that a super? <laughs> <laughs> that's not Kinda a like, knife. No, yeah, that's not a knife. <laughs> I'll show you a knife. No, this is a, you guys call that a super? Psh, hold my beer. And it's a clip of a trials round. It's four to four. I'm not going to spoil it, but he uses his super. And he does very well. And it's very, very entertaining. It's a, it's a nice clutch round. So, um, yeah, it's. Oh, my this. gosh. It's, I uh, just saw it. Wow. Let me give credit here. It's called, <laughs> it's uh, by the user Digital Disordered. So. Thank you very much for that clip. It was it was fantastic. Yeah, I just watched it while you were talking. It's it's ludicrous, dude. That is, <laughs> those are those one in a million circumstances that you just think will never, ever happen. <laughs> nice. All right, so let's continue on. Last week, we talked about our favorite moments from Destiny 1 in between the launch. Well, I think we even touched a little bit on the beta, but the launch until the dark below. I want to pick up the ball right where we left it off, Diddy. You and I both had a great time with Vault of Glass. We got more involved with raiding in late October and all through November. Then we had the dark below launching early December, and I loved the dark below. This was like the era where I really started becoming more invested in destiny on a daily basis 
and following up very closely with sort of the PvP scene. That's when I started digging my teeth in. I think it was around February uh, when I got my thorn. I went for the very long, <laughs> and like at the time, it felt like a very long quest chain to get your thorn. Yes. And between that February and a week before the Taken King, Thorn Apocalypse, and I was using Thorn Shotgun in every gameplay I posted. You can go back and watch the Destiny shows from that time. I used that gun constantly for like four months until I started getting um, some videos on Planet Destiny. And it became very apparent <laughs> once you realize that like, oh, people don't like Thorn. I think that was like March, April-ish. And then it got really bad in May, and it basically, that setup became completely banned from the channel, and it was like, I will never, ever use this gun ever again in front of a large audience. <laughs> okay, so that was my side story. Let's rewind it back. Dark Below launches, short story, uh, didn't think much of the missions. It actually, I think, drew a lot of public criticism for how short the campaign mm -hmm. was, but that raid, man, for me, Crota's End, it was like, yeah, that was worth <laughs> Yeah, when they were talking about like the dev diaries or the videos, when they were talking about developing Crota Zen, they were like, "Yeah, Vault of Glass was was very finely tuned and everything, but with Crota Zen, we kind of want we took a Michael Bay approach, and we just wanted you to be an action hero the whole time, and that made a lot of sense because that's exactly what a lot of people felt. And man, they ripped that raid apart. <laughs> it was like every other day, a new break, a new out of map, a new different cheese. That It was so broken, man, but so awesome. Yeah, I mean, I'm ashamed to admit, you know, I, the first time we did Crota's End, we cheesed the bridge. Yep, yep, we, we did it. <laughs> they explained how we, try, how we were supposed to do it, and then we tried it, wiped a couple times, and they're like, Okay, let me show you this other thing. <laughs> and it was like, oh, yeah, why don't we just do that? It's way easier. Just sit in the back of the room and wait for enemies to despawn and then the bridge spawns. And it's, man, that the, like, I remember the Kotaku articles or like the, the, the game fact articles about the first time someone soloed the raid and it drew so much. Yeah, people's minds just exploded. And it was like, Someone just soloed a six-man thing in a video game? Oh, my goodness. And it was like, yeah, this is the point where we start to turn heads and uh, break everything apart. So that was really cool. And this was also the shard culture point in which I got all of my character. Actually, I think I only ran two characters until Dark Below. And then yeah. I made a third. I made the hunter. And every week we were raiding to get shards because I wanted to have all of my dudes level 32, the cap, before House of Wolves came out. And that was pretty stinking fun. I remember this is the era, too, where you and Lurker started duoing <laughs> Crota's End every single week on all three characters. It just became sort of your weekly ritual. And I started experimenting, too, with soloing Nightfalls. And that sort of became something fun to do. On like a Tuesday night, I'd get home from work, and if nobody was on, I'd just go try and... So Soloing Nightfalls to me just... I don't know why they've lost the luster. I think... Well, I do know why, actually. I I like when you wipe, you go to orbit. I don't really like them removing mm -hmm. that huge punishment. That made Nightfalls feel a little bit more risky, wouldn't you say? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it. 
it's one thing to 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 wipe and reset the 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 encounter, right? But to wipe and get kicked out of the whole thing. Imagine if raid like a mythic raid difficulty had that stipulation like if you wipe you have to restart. That would make an amazing raid <laughs> modifier by the way. That would imagine be an Kingfall. extremely good no. modifier. Okay, oh, F no way. That'd be a great <laughs> modifier, though, wouldn't it, for a weekly featured? Like, you have to not wipe. Yeah, that that would be insane. But, you know, now that we're... I'm going to try and pull it back to from the tangent. But to... So my... Like you said, Dark Below era, for me, was doing Crota's End all the time. Like you said, it was the first time I ran all three characters at max light. I maxed out all three characters in Dark Below took me a little while to get there, but I did it. And yes, like you said, Lurker Zero, friend of the show and I, we raided Crota's End duo every single week. Now, he had the Galahorn and I didn't, so I had to be the sword bearer because at that time, I think it's still true maybe, that uh, two Galahorn rockets downed Crota if you were the, the correct light level. And we, we did that every single time to try and get the gear. And you mentioned the shard culture. Shard culture exploded. And I think we haven't really defined what it is on, on the podcast yet. So for those of you who don't know, shard culture, the, the old raid weapons and armor, they required ascendant shards or um, radiant shards, right? Or, yeah, to or upgrade the weapons or the armor. To upgrade the weapons or the armor. And in order to get those, you had to complete the encounters, right? Well, there were people running... And this was the extreme, running three, say, hunters, three of the same class, right? And they would have their main character, right? And they would be running for the perfect role set of the raid armor. Now, if you had multiple characters but different classes, you couldn't get the same armor over and over and over again. So people were actually deleting characters, keeping their main but deleting the characters adding a new character, getting it up to raid levels, just move their armor over once they hit that max level. And they did the raid again on that brand new character to try to get the same rolls and the same amount of shards so that they could level up that armor and, and, and gear. And it's like, man, people went through so many hoops to try and get what they really wanted from the raid because, you know, normal people think, or normal people with three characters, I should say, three runs a week for the raid. Yep. Done. That's, that's, I got my gear. I don't need to do it again. There are people doing it 15, 20 times a week by deleting and adding new characters. And it was just ridiculous. 50. I mean, that may be a little high. Like how much time do you have to roll a character back up though? You know, I mean, it takes six, seven hours to get it raid ready yeah. from uh, from brand new. So it, uh, it there were while, people but... going pretty nuts with it. Do you think <laughs> yeah. in destiny two, will be locked to however many character slots there are classes for. Like if there's, let's Ooh. say there's five classes in Destiny, Hunter, Titan, Warlock, Burgle, and Durgle. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> do you think it'd be um, five or do you think they'll have unlimited character slots or, I mean. I think they'll limit us. Yeah. I think there will be a limit, unfortunately. You know, I, I can't see them letting an unlimited amount of accounts or characters being created. Um, yeah, I do get I why they do it, right? For those counts. weekly rewards yeah. to pace things mm -hmm. out. I was just thinking about, wow, is there? There are some people who you look at their like on this realm they have nine characters, and on that realm they have six <laughs> characters. But at the same time, too, 
I think it's a little bit different. If you're going to be mythic raiding, you're probably not trying to mythic raid on like seven characters. <laughs> yeah, it's a little <laughs> insane. Right. So, yeah. Anything else that sticks out to you from Dark Below? I still don't have a necrochasm. Yeah, me that's, neither, man. I was hunting. That's that's one of the main reasons Lurker and I duoed the raid. We both wanted the necrochasm so bad. And Husk was I, bugged for a while. For some people, it, it wouldn't drop, <laughs> right? And then it actually, Husk <laughs> dropped in the demo, didn't it? Yeah, so the Husk of the Pit, the, the common version to get the necrochasm, I think a lot of people or most people know that by now, it had a 0% drop chance for like a month and a half. And Bungie was like, Oh yeah, yeah, that's an issue. And they but it showed it. up in the demo, right? But yeah, exactly. Like people who played the Destiny demo still had access to the content that allowed the husk to drop. So it's like they changed <laughs> the main game, but not the demo version. So like yeah. people were trying to be like, "How do I get the demo version so I can farm it and then activate my character again?" And it's like, "Oh my gosh, just <laughs> let them fix it." But it was that was like really guys you're gonna let that happen <laughs> i think it was our january 3rd show 2015 or something like january 4th 5th whatever the first week of january we got the massive leak from kotaku about the comet expansion which ultimately Ooh, became yes. the taken king and we've talked about it on previous shows before so i won't slow it down but i do think with destiny 2 we're gonna have our expansion one our expansion two then some sort of like giant title updated expansion-y thing like the Taken King again, like some sort of mid-stop in between Destiny 3. That's that's what I'm really interested in, right? Yeah, dedicated server, 60 FPS, we want those things. But come May 18th, I really hope we hear some information about how content deployment's going to work. So Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that. This timeline, I'm going to expect a very similar timeline. I'm also going to go back on my advice earlier in the show and kind of do a speculation or I bungee please for Destiny 2. Since they, we can expect a similar roadmap, I think one thing we've also mentioned in a previous show was um, sequential raids that lead up to a really final, awesome final Yeah, raid fight. tiers. Raid yeah. tiers, thank you. And I hope that Destiny 2 launch, Expansion 1 and Expansion 2, the raids or the in-game activity, or the storyline at least, builds up to like that final larger expansion, Taken King style, of course, we have no idea if that's going to be real or not. I just, man, I just want the lore for every expansion to matter, to be in a line, to be canonical, chronolo chronological order. Let's do that. I can't talk. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much for listening today. I do have to say huge shout outs and thank you. Our listenership, dude, has like maintained and in some areas we've grown during like this really long content drought period. And I just want to like applaud you all because... In less than three weeks, we've made it. We're going to get to see Destiny 2. The hype train builds up again. I'm really excited. This is going to be a pretty solid year, I think, for Destiny players. Diddy, where can people find your content? Twitter.com slash Diddy, D-T-S, D-I-T-T-Y, D-T-S, and YouTube.com slash Wooshness, W-O-O-O-S-H-N-E-S-S. All the links from today's show and more are on our website, DestinyTheShow.com. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Destiny the Show to be notified when the newest show goes live. And hop in our Discord, discord.me slash Destiny the Show. You can follow me at BBK Dragoon on both YouTube and Twitter. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk with you next time. <laughs>